This episode of Locked On Aggies is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar, where a candy bar meets a protein bar. Go visit BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON to save $10 off your very first purchase. That's BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKEDON. It's the Locked On Aggies Podcast, presented by Locked On Podcast Network. Talking all things Texas A&M. Now, here's your host, Cole Thompson. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back into another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M, and today we're going to be breaking down on our Ranks on Ranks on Ranks special, our top five defensive players to watch for in 2020. Before we begin, make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. I am the host of the show, and that is my name. Do not wear it out. I always love public criticism. I always love public feedback. Whatever you can do, positive, negative, anything to make this show better. Remember, we go three to four times a week. We try to give you the best quality content we can surrounding everything up at College Station. So give me a follow at Mr. Cole Thompson. But more importantly, give us a follow at Locked On Aggies. Locked On Aggies is your number one source for all things Texas A&M related content surrounding the 12th man here on the Locked On Podcast Network. So give us a like on Spotify, a like on iTunes, and most importantly, a like on all social media platforms. And if you can't do any of that, at least follow us at LockedOnPodcast.com. So as always, we try to break some news starting off every show. And once again, Johnny Manziel, one of the most polarizing athletes of the 2010 era and former A&M alum, recently was on a podcast called Subpar, part of Golf.com, to talk primarily about the game of golf and how it translates over to football. But of course, because they wanted to get some questions in on him and how he's done post-football era, he had some very Fun things to say. I mean, when you look back on some of the things in the legacy of Johnny Football, he's had some very good quotes. Here was a few of them. I've had a lot of time to sit back and reflect a lot of things I would have done different, but I had more fun living the famous lifestyle than I did putting in the work. When you look back at it, the whole story, you get in what you put in. I had a lot more fun going out to a nightclub, walking out with two girls than I ever did putting on pads and grinding it out. Listen, the world was at my fingertips. I raged. Like, sue me. That's very positive. I mean, the biggest thing about Manziel that I look at, there's never going to be a guarantee of what could have ever happened. He could have been the hardest working athlete in America, and he still could have been a disaster at quarterback. That's just a possibility that could have happened. But what we do know is, during his time after he left Cleveland, with Hamilton, with the Montreal Alouettes, with the Memphis Express and the now dissolved AAF, him not being invited to the XFL, add all that together, add every single piece of that together, it's it's sad, but you never really know. Could this have still been the possibility? He was out of the NFL in two years. When you're an 18-year-old, and I can only say this is because of I was 18 at one point, Any chance you get to shine, you're going to take 10 out of 10. When you look at Manziel, it's hard to judge him for being this polarizing prospect when, at the end of the day, fans of the 12th man, fans of college football, the media, everyone made him out to be just this superstar icon. And to an 18-year-old who is easily influenced, 
they're going to take every opportunity to live that luxurious lifestyle and enjoy time. That's just how it really is. And then you finish with an 11-2 record in your first year in the toughest conference in college football, and you beat the number one overall team in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. It's even harder to sit here and go, okay, yeah, you know what? I'm not this big of a deal. I'm a rookie who has to earn his way onto the roster. Look at me. I am Johnny bleeping football. I am going to get this gig. That, to me, just quotes like that when you can go back and look at yourself eight or nine years later. We all have mistakes that we would probably do. I have a ton of mistakes. I know that I would tell my 16-year-old self that I need to change before I ever went to college. And hopefully, maybe that would have landed me somewhere else. Maybe it would have landed me someplace different. But for Manziel to take the time out to kind of talk about his personal life, talk about how he wishes he would have started with the AAF when they offered him an original contract, how he wishes he would have done things differently in the NFL, how the business side is just as important as the playing side of the NFL kind of equalized together. It shows some maturity. The problem is that maturity just happened way too late and there's no chance any team ever signs him again. Again, Manziel is one of the most dominant athletes to ever come through AM's history and one of the most dominant quarterbacks to ever play in the modern era of college football. But if you can go back and change one or two quick things, Manziel would probably work more on his schoolwork, and I bet he would have stayed one more year. And if he would have done that, I think he would have probably lasted in the NFL till right about now. I think even if he was a subpar quarterback at this point, if he would have gone in the 2015 draft and he would have kind of waited it out and shown his maturity skills, I think it would have benefited him a little bit more. We're doing our Ranks on Ranks on Ranks show this week, and today we are going to talk about the top five defensive players to watch for in 2020. So coming in at number five, if he does play, this is a big risk, so I'm going to actually do two here, mainly because of I don't know which is going to play. But I'm going to go with Brian George, number one, and Jalen Johnson, 5B. That's how I do it. 5A, Brian George, Jalen Johnson, 5B. Brian George was one of the top junior college cornerbacks coming to the Division I program this year. A lot of that is due to his inability for academic style, not his playing style. And if the team pairs Elijah Blades, who was a junior college transfer last year, And Brian George, a junior college transfer this year, on the perimeter. And then you move Miles Jones inside to the slot cornerback position, very similar to what Charles Oliver did, and you have him play alongside Devin Morris. This is a veteran secondary. And the biggest thing that I look at is because if you lost Oliver and you lost Devin Renfro to the NFL and graduation, you now have to replenish. So if George can hit, Blades can stay healthy because when Blades was healthy, he was fantastic last year. And then you have Miles Jones, Devin, uh, Devin Morris fighting it out for the nickel position. Sometimes if you run a dime formation, you'll run with a four cornerback set. You have a veteran presence who can play the run, play the perimeter, be great in coverage against longer lanky receivers, 
And you have an experienced secondary with Damani Richardson and Keldra Carper back there. Overall, this is a very talented secondary. And if George transfers the way he did like at Highland Community College, he's going to be a standout player. And if Blade stays healthy, you have a double duo. But if neither one can do it, you have one of the top cornerback, let me phrase that, defensive back prospects who's going to be playing cornerback for a and Jalen Johnson. The Cibolo Steel safety is actually moving down to play the more man-press cover corner in Mike Elko's defense. He's long, he's lanky, but more importantly, he has that straight-line speed that you need to play in the SEC. This is the future of what we see, I think, at the safety position, to be completely honest. More physical, but suave, savvy speedsters in the secondary that you want to eliminate that deep ball mentality. But you also have to realize that he'll be way down on the depth chart. He'll probably not play a lot unless there's injuries. And he could even be redshirted this year just to save another year of eligibility with Jones and Blades. And I think there's a few more corners who are lower down on the depth chart who will be leaving after the 2020 season. I really like what was done this year with Josiah Moten and Jalen uh, Jones. But Jones has the ability to be, I think, a top-level cornerback in the SEC. And most importantly, if he has time to play this year, he's going to be able to see and develop against some of the top premier wide receivers in the country that will only benefit him for the future of his career. We have one cornerback now, but much like the game of football itself, it comes in quarters. There's four more names we have to mention. Who will they be? Don't go anywhere. We'll be breaking those down in just a quick moment. Howdy, everybody. It's Cole Thompson from Locked On Aggies. And much like you, I'm trying to stay in shape during this quarantine without going to the gym. But part of staying in shape is by having the right nutrients added to your body. And I think I've recently found something that really is not only great tasting, but great for me. And that's in Built Bars. Built Bars are more than just a tasty treat. They are a protein-packed power bar that keep you going throughout the days. And they come in 16 amazing flavors, all covered in 100% real chocolate, plus they're soft and easy to chew. Built Bar is great for the health conscious guy because it helps you lose and maintain your weight while also having a delicious flavor added to your mouth. The bars are low calorie, low sugar, high in protein. Let me give you my favorite example for the peanut butter brownie. Comes with 20 grams of protein, 170 calories, 3 grams of sugar, and 3 grams of net carbs. 3 grams of sugar. You're not going to be able to find that anywhere else. Why don't you go ahead and try your favorite bar by going to BuiltBar.com and using the promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off your first order. Remember, that promo code is LOCKEDON for $10 off BuiltBar.com. So go ahead and try your favorite Built Bar today. Not only will you be building muscle, you'll be building confidence in yourself to look better when it comes time for summer season. Gig'em, y'all. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, let me get your opinion on something. Do you like quality content surrounding your favorite sports team on a daily basis? If so, why not download a Locked On podcast today? The Locked On Podcast Network has over two dozen college sports shows, plus every team covered in the NFL, MLB, 
NHL, NBA, and up-to-date highlights and information for your fantasy sporting events this upcoming season. So go ahead and download us on Spotify, iTunes, and if you can't do any of that, go to LockedOnPodcast.com and start listening to a Locked On Podcast today. This episode of Locked On Aggies is also brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar, where a candy bar meets a nutrient bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and type in the code LOCKEDON to save $10 off your very first purchase today. We're breaking down the top five Aggies on defense to watch for this upcoming season as part of our Ranks on Ranks on Ranks week. Coming in at number four for me. A lot of people probably would want him a little higher. I'm going to have him a little lower. Keldra Carper. Carper is one of those well-rounded players that you can respect. And while he's had to earn his way up, working as a special teamer, working as a dime formation safety to last year being the full-time starter... If he is a weak link, there's multiple players that you have back there in Antonio Johnson and a few other safeties. And if for some reason he comes back, is there's still no guarantee what's happening on with Leon O'Neal, where you could play him and bench Carper. Carper's like that veteran dad who is in the starting lineup because of you just have so much respect for him. But that doesn't mean he's going to transition well to the next level. Every scout that I've spoken to says that Carper is not a guy worth drafting early in his in his tape right now. He has decent cover skills. He's more well-rounded than most defensive backs who play that slot position, but he's not a true safety. His tackling skills still need some work. Overall, probably better used as a special teamer at the next level. This will be a big year for him. Because of you want to see him take that next step in coverage. Because nowadays, you have to be a strong safety and a free safety who can cover and tackle. Be willing to play the run. You can't just be one or the other. You have to be both. You have to be able to go deep, but you also have to be able to play in the box. You also have to sometimes be able to blitz. So, Carper has a lot riding on this season for him. He's a very well-liked player, number one. That's Let's just get that out of the way. He's a leader of the defense, number two. He's a captain... And overall, he's nothing short of being a standout player with the media, with uh, with representing the 12th man, with Jimbo Fisher. But all that aside, you need to produce the results that you want in order to say you're deserving of a starting role. If Carper cannot take that next jump in coverage, especially in the middle of the field, stopping those short post routes, those uh, deep in routes those comebacks, that's going to be a problem, especially if it's a third down and short kind of formation. So I need to see him step it up a little bit. You also want to see coming in at number three, Bobby Brown step it up a little bit. Bobby Brown the third was destined to go to Alabama, but last second switches commit over to A&M to join the College Station Junction boys and become a part of the other SEC program. He's had minimal stops here and there, but part of that's been due to mainly, in my personal opinion, the death at the defensive line position. I mean, you look at Kingsley Kiki, and then you look at Dalen Mack. They were taking snaps away from Justin Matabike last year. Then you have Matabike coming in, and he is your key threat. Then he goes and says, I'm declaring for the NFL draft. I'm not going to play in the Texas Bowl. Bobby Brown gets his first shot to really make a standout play. 
now that he's had the ability to earn those starting roles and stay in the starting lineup, the big question is, is he going to live up to his four-star ranking? This was a guy who was a bruiser, a mauler, and fantastic bull rusher up the middle during his days in high school. If he can do that for AM, they're going to have great pressure coming off of either side of the ball with Tyree Johnson and a name I'm going to wait for in a little bit. And they're going to have pressure coming up the middle with another name I'm going to wait for, Anthony Hines and whoever else plays that third linebacker position. Mike Elko a lot also likes to run a lot of 4-2-5, so whoever's playing that extra blitzer position. I think when you look at Brown, if he can fill the void up the middle and push back a center, push back a guard, or even take on a double team and just keep them stalemate, that's going to add pressure on the outside. And that's what you want as a defensive tackle. You want to be able to hold your block to either stop the run at the line of scrimmage or allow your edge rushers to break free and make the sack on the play. If you can do all of that, you are setting yourself up for a big-time game. I think, personally, when you look at what Brown was able to do in very minimal snaps in the last year, he didn't possess exactly what you want in a full-time bull rusher. But if he can take that next step and elevate his game, that's only going to make AM's defense stronger, and that's only going to make them more versatile when it comes to prepping on a weekly basis for how to defend pretty adequate quarterbacks this year. I mean, there's a few quarterbacks here you're definitely going to not really have to worry about. I'd say for sure whoever's playing in Colorado, Fresno State, North Texas, Abilene Christian. I'll even throw Vanderbilt into the conversation. But John Reese Plumley, a running quarterback, if you have Bobby Brown pressuring him up the middle, that's going to limit Ole Miss's game. KJ Costello, an uh, air raid quarterback, you add pressure to him. He's going to have to move outside the pocket. He's going to have to trust that that deep ball is coming down where your secondary can make plays. Uh, you look at Mac Jones. You also have Tyler Hill, uh, Tyler Helinski. You have a ton of guys that really can break down the offensive attack for whoever they're playing on a weekly basis. But it starts in the trenches, and that's where Brown comes in. Who are our top two names? I kind of hinted at it, so you probably have a good guess. But what order do they come in? Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back in just a quick moment. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked on Podcast. Now we're Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. We're breaking down our top five defensive players to watch for in the 2020 season for A&M's defense. And coming in at number two is the leader and commander-in-chief of the Aggies' front seven, and that's Buddy Johnson. Buddy Johnson made the smart move to come back for his senior year. I thought when Otero Alaka and Tyrell Dotson left, this was an opportunity for a guy who possesses all the skills you want in a standout linebacker to make that next jump. And overall, I've been very pleased with what I saw from him last year. He led the team in tackles. He was pretty solid in coverage. He was very good against the run. He was adequate across the board. Adequacy doesn't get you anywhere, though, when it comes to the NFL and being a standout player. Every single linebacker that you saw get drafted, from Isaiah Simmons to Patrick Queen to even Malik Harrison, Jordan Brooks from Texas Tech, um, uh, uh, Kenneth Murray from Oklahoma, they all have a niche about them 
that makes them so well-rounded, they're going to be able to come in and contribute immediately. Even later, guys, like Akeem Davis-Gaither out of Appalachian State and Logan Wilson out of Wyoming are so polished and well-rounded, it's hard to deny that they're not going to make an impact at the next level. I think Johnson needs to work on his cover skills a little bit more. It was very evident last year that he had some trouble going up against real receivers instead of just the running back out of the backfield. And I think at the same time, you could probably work on your run game. You want to be able to meet the running back at the line of scrimmage, not have the running back come meet you and then you bring him down for a two-yard gain. Any chance that you can to get better at bringing a player back, pushing them behind the line of scrimmage, forcing a second and 11, a third and 13, or causing a pass deflection. Anything you can do to show that you have the capability of being a more well-versatile player that fits either a 4-3 scheme, a 4-2-5 scheme, or a 3-4 scheme, that will always help you make a name for yourself at the next level. And when scouts are on the film, they're going to be able to say, well, we can play him as our mic backer in a 4-3 scheme, or we can play him as a will backer in our 3-4 scheme, have him be the cover guy and our guy and our mic linebacker be more of a thumper. If Buddy Johnson can be either one of those roles and enhance his skills on both sides of the ball, AM has not only a true leader of the defense, but they also have a pretty standout guy who's going to be able to make plays with not only just his hands, but also with his entire body tackling, coverage, uh, blitzing. It just it makes you more well-rounded. And at the end of the day, that's what you want as a middle linebacker because you have to be that leader. And that leadership mentality starts by you making plays. But number one for me coming in this year, a guy who I am so excited to see play, DeMarvin Leal. This was a five-star recruit coming out of Judson High School in San Antonio, Texas. You didn't really know where to play him. Were you going to play him at defensive tackle? Were you going to play him at defensive end? Guess what? You played him at both. And last season in the Texas Bowl, Leal showed why he was one of the top prospects in the state and in the nation because of his forced fumble and his two big-time stops on third and short and fourth and short against the Oklahoma State Cowboys in the Texas Bowl. I very much think that this guy has the mentality to be a first-round pick. Whether you put on about 15 or 20 more pounds and play him as a nose tackle or a defensive tackle, or... You make him keep the weight he has and work on becoming that defensive end with the ability to become a double-digit sack artist. Either way, he's going to make such an impact in his second season. It's going to be hard not to see the future and put him in that top category. Everything you see about him, his pass rushing skills are hopefully going to improve. His run blocking skills are hopefully going to improve. His shoot and shuck skills will only become better. His ability to read a pass and break it at the line of scrimmage will hopefully only improve. The sky is the limit for a guy like DeMarvin Leal, who can only improve over time and become another great name on the Aggies defensive line. If that's the case, expect him and Tyree Johnson to be one of the two deadliest defensive duos in the SEC this upcoming season. If he can work on his pass rushing skills, expect him to be the SEC breakout player of the year on the defensive side of the ball. And if he can just become the most well-rounded defensive end in College Station, I would not be shocked if you start seeing him in 2022 mock drafts as a top five selection. 
That's how high of a ceiling this kid has. And while he played limited a limited role last year due to injuries, due to seniority, due to whatever, he made the most towards the end of the season. And that Texas Bowl game against the Cowboys only shows what potential A&M and Mike Elko have in a player like DeMarvin Leal. That's good for this edition of Locked On Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked On Aggies. And make sure you're listening to one of our favorite sister shows, Draft Dudes, with Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino. Both are fantastic analysts who know exactly what they're talking about, breaking down the 2020 and already planning ahead for the 2021 NFL Draft. Tomorrow, to finish our Ranks on Ranks on Ranks week, we will be doing the top five trap games of the year. Who will AM fall into a trap against? And what game should you be on the lookout for? You're going to have to listen tomorrow. We'll see you then. And remember, take them, y'all. This has been Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network.